Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. Brought to you by the Alliance for Shared Health and FamilyVisionMedia.org. Oh, do I have a guest for you? I have Beverly Hallberg, president of the District Media Group, contributor to the Washington Examiner and The Hill, senior fellow at Independent Women's Forum, and host of the She Thinks podcast. So excited to have one of my buddies when I do appear on Making Money with Charles Payne. Often, Beverly is on there too. She's a regular there with uh, Charles, who is an amazing individual, and he has a fantastic show on Fox Business, Making Money with Charles Payne. And I'm so excited to have you here to talk about your latest piece for The Federalist, another place where we can find your work. And the story is linked in the show notes over at listen.stacyontheright.com. Um, I have this piece here. If Fauci really wanted more Americans to get vaccinated, he'd resign. You have a very interesting story, Beverly, um, backstory, I should say, on your vaccination status and why you have that vaccination status. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I was excited about doing this today. And it's always great to be with you on Making Money with Charles Payne. So it's fun to have this additional venue that we can we can <laughs> communicate and talk in a nicer long form so that we're not cut off too short. So so this is great. But yes, I, w- what's interesting about this all is I often talk about communication. I often talk about policy issues in my day-to-day job, and I never thought that I would talk about my personal health. That wasn't something that I planned to talk about, had no desire to. I was fine with that being private, but because of what has been going on with vaccines and now the vaccine mandates, I felt that I had to, that it was, I do have a platform to be able to speak, and I knew that there were plenty of other Americans who were in my shoes as well, and so I felt it was my duty to speak up. So I have been um, open about the fact that I have an autoimmune disease. Um, Both my dad and my younger sister have it as well, and my grandfather did, so genetic, of course. Um, And because of this autoimmune disease, my body reacts in weird ways, and so I have specific medicine to help me. Um, I'm thankful for that medicine. And I'm thankful for the companies that made the medicine that helped make my life pretty much pain-free. So don't live with any complications. But when all of this came out about the vaccines, I, I did some research. I went to the CDC's website. I wanted to see exactly what they said about people who have any type of underlying health conditions, including those with autoimmune diseases. And the results, and these are still the results today if people want to go on their website to look, is there have been no clinical trials, or at least no clinical trials that have been completed at this point in time. And the only thing that it currently says is that they do encourage vaccines, but they can't assure the safety of them for people with my underlying health condition. So the CDC has no information to say whether or not this is safe for me. And my father, who, as I mentioned, does have this disease, he's older, he um, has other health complications as well. And so I was supportive of him getting it in his 70s, just because he has a higher risk of this leading to severe um, injury to him and also, God forbid, death if he got COVID. So I was encouraging of it. And after his second shot, he had horrific results, um, severe pain, his body reacted in strange ways. Um, the doctors couldn't explain it. Thank- thankfully, he's doing really well now, but for months he was in debilitating pain because 
the vaccine, which ignites your immune system, was countering the medicine he takes to suppress his immune system because of his disease. And so I have a couple other reasons why I've decided to not get the vaccine, but that is the main reason why I've waited, because I want more clinical trials done with people or done on people with my type of health condition. So you are not alone in this because I have to tell you, Beverly, one of the primary considerations for us is, so what, what, when I first heard that, so I'm a huge Trump supporter and um, we were in the throes of the campaign season when the Operation Warp Speed kind of came full circle and they were saying, we're going to have a vaccine before the election. We're actually going to have something to put into people's arms before the election. And they made good on that. Like the, the vaccine came out and they started the initial, you know, basically getting getting it out to people to if they wanted it. And I immediately said, because I'm fully vaccinated otherwise, and I, I have been a religious flu shot, uh, you know, participator, like I was on active duty in the military, and we really didn't have a choice. And I'd actually, I didn't have anything against it back then anyway, because the flu shot had already been around longer than I'd been alive, it feels like. I don't remember exactly when it came about, but it has been shown to be safe and effective with very few complications. And so you know, I, I was like, well, this is not that same thing. This this to me reminds me of the anthrax vaccine on active duty in the military where they they rolled something out before it was fully tested and they gave it to people and there were horrible reactions. And so I, the, I had a red flag go up, which if you think about it, because people who don't like President Trump say that people who support him are sycophants. If I was a true sycophant, I would have put my concerns aside and immediately gone out and been one of the first people to get vaccinated because sycophants don't have reservations about things. They just do whatever they're told. Right. But instead, I began to speak out about the actual intelligent decision, which is ask your doctor what they think about you taking the vaccine. Ask your yourself as you're reading about the vaccine and anything, any information you can find, if it feels like the right decision for you. And then if you get the vaccine, I don't care about your politics. That's a decision that you made on your own under no duress. And I respect you for it. And also you're responsible for whatever happens afterwards because the vaccine makers sure aren't. And also, if you decide not to get the vaccine, that's also a respectable decision. And I really thought after the first few months that maybe we might get vaccinated in January or February. I honestly thought that, but I just in my own private and it's anecdotal, but I have keep having these people who are family, who are friends, who they know people who've been vaccinated and all of my extended family, most of them have been vaccinated and they've had no adverse reactions, but outside of that group, people they know and people that my friends know they have had adverse reactions and none of them sound like something that would work for me with my medical history. So like you, um, I have some things going on that, you know, basically I have to take as a consideration in any decision that I make about my health and the same with one of our children. And so my husband and I just kind of looked at each other and said, we, we have time. We can, we can make uh, a, an informed decision and we can wait and see how this thing pans out. But things have suddenly turned for the worse because President Biden, and it seems like he loves low poll numbers because he keeps doing things that drive his numbers into the ground. Um, he's now doing mandates for federal contractors, federal employees, and you know any company with 100 employees or greater. But it, it's not, it doesn't go along with the science. The science says that COVID is highly survivable and um, that people who want to wait on the vaccine are not actually a danger to anyone else. Yeah, and just to echo what you said, I I was a huge supporter and still am of Operation Warp Speed. So I am a huge proponent of the right to try, but I also am a huge proponent of the right not to try. 
So I thought it was great that we had experimental vaccines out for people who are in high-risk situations to be able to try. I think that's a great thing. I actually still think the vaccines are a good thing, Um, but it is the mandating of it. it. The thinking that when you think about the diversity of a population, to think that one vaccine is going to work with all of for all of them when it's a new new type of vaccine and it hasn't been thoroughly tested, I just don't understand that mentality at all. I mean, people have weird side effects to aspirin, let's say. Um, so I do think it's a personal decision for people. And I know plenty of people have gotten the vaccine and been just fine. I know people who've had things like rashes. I know somebody who personally, after after he had the vaccine, he had a stroke and he was perfectly healthy in his 40s. Thank God he's doing okay. So I think for the vast majority of people, this is probably safe and fine, but there are going to be a subset who are going to be those outliers. And because it is different than a traditional vaccine um, with autoimmune diseases and the way it works with your immune system, which, by the way, I think this may be amazing technology, um, we just don't fully know what it means for people who have these underlying health conditions. And, And to add to that as well, another reason why Um, Because I was similar to you, I thought maybe in January and February, um, whenever it was available to my age group that that I would get it. But then in early January, I got COVID. And so I was still one of the long haulers who still doesn't have full taste and smell back even after, what is that, nine or ten times? It's mostly back, but not completely back. Once I went through COVID, I was like, well, I think it's logical that I'm probably not going to catch it again anytime soon. I'm going to again wait until we know more about the vaccine. And I want people with uh, I want clinical trials done with people with autoimmune diseases just to see. And what has been, I think, astonishing and sad through all of this is this country's lack of acknowledgement of natural immunity. I mean, you have countries in Europe that acknowledge that. And there is um, new research that's been coming out of Israel showing that the safety or the protection and not just the protection of individuals, but the lack of ability to spread is greatly reduced. Your protection is increased, the ability to spread is greatly reduced when you have natural immunity. So uh, I just want to know why we're not recognizing that here in this country. We're going to vaccine mandates when you're dealing with a large, either what, 80 to 100 million people who I'm trying to remember the exact number of people who've had COVID. Those people should be considered of having a layer of protection. But yet, if you are in a business, you're working in a in a business that has over 100 people, you are being forced, even if you have natural immunity, to get a vaccine or potentially lose your job because of it. So losing the job because of it is the real issue. And I, I'm, I know it doesn't help people like me who I'm intentionally unvaccinated and I haven't had COVID-19. But I think it's a step in the right direction to acknowledge, especially for hardcore leftists and Democrats who so routinely refer to Europe as our ideal, even though people don't kill themselves to get into Europe, or I guess maybe some do, but not nearly as many as those who literally cross oceans and kill themselves to get into America. Um, there's, there's, a, there's an acknowledgement overseas, as you mentioned, of the superior protection to COVID-19 that you have if you've had the virus already. Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, he has mentioned this many times, not just in Senate hearings, but in his appearances on Fox News and other places. He's also discussed how um, the research from the Cleveland Clinic and other preeminent medical institutions and research institutions show that the COVID immunity is durable. It is because it was initially thought, I remember in, in the fall of last year, it was thought that if you'd had 
COVID-19, your immunity might last for three months or, you know, it, if it survived for three months, you would be, you know, very fortunate and that you would still need the vaccine. And it turns out the vaccine actually wipes out your natural immunity. If you've had COVID and then you get vaccinated, it, the vaccine wipes all of that out and replaces it with the immunity that's generated by the vaccine, which is not durable, which we're now finding out could be as short as 90 days, but definitely does not last for a year. And so it's the it's the flip side. Everything that we thought was true last year is actually the opposite is true. The vaccine does not have to provide durable immunity, but having COVID-19 does. And that people who've been vaccinated actually carry higher viral loads of COVID-19 when they have a breakthrough infection than people who just catch COVID-19 the way you did, naturally encounter it, catch it, and then recover from it. A higher viral load means you are able to infect more people, which means that the accusation that unvaccinated people are super spreaders is, again, the opposite. The people who are super spreaders in the technical form of of what that should mean are those who've been vaccinated. So we're finding out a lot and none of it dovetails in with what we're being told incessantly by people like Dr. Fauci and the CDC. And that is why I wrote that article about in the Federalist that I think he should resign if he really cares about getting people vaccinated, because the reality is, is that there has been Horrific communication from this administration the entire time that Joe Biden has been in office. They've been hypocritical. There have been double standards. Um, I even think it's interesting that this week we had the Met Gala in New York, and you had plenty of stars who want to talk about the praising the vaccine and shaming people who don't get vaccine, yet they didn't social distance, they didn't wear masks, and yet they want all of us to wear masks and not travel and stay apart. There, there's a hypocrisy and the American people see it. And if we actually had, this is my suggestion that I wrote out in The Federalist, and this this is something I would just like even for myself, and I assume other people would want, is I want there to be an ability where we have doctors who aren't the superstars, mega stars, but just doctors who are researching this, tell us about the clinical trials and take questions from the press and take questions from the American people. And instead of shaming people for asking reasonable questions, because this is about injecting something into your body, (laughs) this is a major thing that you are doing, allow people to ask questions. It's this this, um, motto that they've taken, which is trust us when they have no track record of just being deserving of our trust, and then shaming you if you have any questions. Um, and so I think that is what the Biden administration needs to do is as we continue with this vaccine, the COVID vaccine, is we're learning a lot, we're learning what works, we're learning what doesn't work. I mean, we were told that you were protected and wouldn't get COVID if you got the vaccine. We now know that's not true. Now they tell us that if you get the vaccine, you're much better off if you haven't. Where's the data on that? Um, I know that they do show numbers in hospitals and who's vaccinated and who's unvaccinated and who uh, have severe um, issues to COVID and are hospitalized and some people that them tragically die, but they don't break it down by age, by weight, um, by a wide variety of factors. And so I feel that there is a covering up of the data that we would normally get on most issues. And yet in reference to the vaccine and COVID, what we're told is just shut up and take it just get the shot. And even Joe Biden himself and his mandate address that he gave a few days ago, he said, what more questions could you have? And I thought that was the most insulting thing that he could say. Now, he was very divisive in his language towards the unvaccinated, saying that we're we're the problem, we're the pandemic. Um, But to say that there should be no more reasonable questions, well, 
that's what you should want in a population is for them to inquire and to care. If people are asking questions, that that just means that they're interested in it and want to find out. But yet, any type of questioning is silenced and people will call you selfish. They'll shame you. Um, I'm sure, Stacey, as you've talked about being unvaccinated, you've seen the hate that can come online. I've definitely faced it as well. Um, but I've never seen a time where the desire for debate, a healthy debate, and desiring of knowledge and data has been shut down the way it has with this vaccine. So I I would like to, and I, I agree with you 100%, I would like to, Beverly, kind of talk about, and I know it's anecdotal, and we have seen, you know, tens of thousands of adverse reactions that are tracked on VAERS. And the other fact about VAERS, the adverse reporting database, you know, that is maintained by the CDC is that it's self-reported. And so many of the reports go unreported. So you have maybe 1% of actual reports ending up on VAERS. And so many doctors, you, sh- you show up at the doctor's office, you've just been vaccinated. And what do they say? Um, well, we can't actually prove that what you're experiencing right, right now is from your vaccine. Oh, but you were fine. Like you were fine before you got the vaccine. And now you have, you know, Gillian Barr, or you have, um, you know, a rash, or you have some things that basically they weren't things that were happening to you before you get vaccinated. And now all of a sudden you are having problems, but they still say, oh, there's no way we can actually attribute this yeah. to the vaccine. So um, in your experience, anecdotally, of course, um, is there is there does there appear to be some kind of a connection, uh, even tangentially between uh, adverse reactions that are impacting pregnancy and, you know, getting vaccinated. I've seen this anecdotally in stories that, you know, have been shared with me, people who have had miscarriages and things like that, or um, young women who are now having difficulty with their cycles. And they're actually now launching a $1.6 million study into that very thing. Uh, Does the COVID-19 vaccine impact the cycles of young women? Um, So what what is your experience with that? Do you have anything anecdotally? And I'll preface this by saying I know plenty of people who've got the vaccine and have had no adverse reactions. Um, So just want to state that up front. I think for the majority of people, they haven't noticed anything at this point in time that's been odd or different than their normal body. Um, But anecdotally, I can say that I have a close friend who healthy in his 40s, got the vaccine and then had a stroke out of nowhere. And he went to his doctors and went to numerous doctors to try to find out. And one finally said it could be because of the vaccine, but we have no way to prove it. There's no proof. And I'll say anecdotally, um, one of my dearest friends um, for the past few days has been, has been sending me pictures of her body because she now has a rash over her entire body. And um, she got vaccinated and recently, and she just said, I think it must be the vaccine because I've never had this before. I didn't eat anything different than I've done before. I didn't touch any, it's not like poison ivy where I touched something, but it's it's pretty much a neck to ankle all over. And she sent me the pictures that the rash that's on her body. And, and she's somebody who's very pro-vaccine and, and said, this is the only thing I can think of. It's the only thing that I've done differently is take a vaccine. And then I have heard anecdotally, I do not know any women in this category. So this is third person, but numerous women who have miscarried um, at 20 weeks if they had been vaccinated. Now, I do not know all the details of those. Um, Miscarriages, of course, do happen anyways. But again, I just I don't feel that if somebody does have a question or if they have something that's 
weird going on with their health after they get the vaccine. If they go to the doctor, I don't believe it's being treated as the vaccine even being a possibility, as something that could contribute to it. And honestly, I think that type of information helps us make better vaccines. Like, I I want that information just so we know how to make it better. I think it would be great if there were no side effects, just like you were talking about the flu shot or other types of vaccine. I'm fully vaccinated other than this COVID Mm -hmm. vaccine. I'm pro-vaccine and I'm pro-medical trials and clinical trials. I think they're wonderful. Um, But I would just think that the more information we can find to further develop and tweak these vaccines, the better off it's going to be for the public. But it seems once again, that that type of conversation with your doctors, there isn't a desire to look into it to see whether or not this vaccine could cause that. Yeah. And so for me, I'm, I'm not excited to hear their adverse reactions. I'm not pushing uh, no. for there to be more. In fact, I think it's heartbreaking when you see people who are genuinely concerned about catching COVID-19 and they understand, you know, the likelihood of catching it is pretty high. So why don't I go ahead and get vaccinated? Because I want to blunt the effect of this, this virus on my body. And then they have an adverse reaction. So to me, that is the worst because this is a person who in good faith was looking to follow what the science has been told to us is the best, uh, the, the best course of action. Um, I see a lot of gleeful, really nasty commentary, you know, unvaccinated people being compared to insects. And I think that President Biden's speech where he kind of patted the the podium really hard and said, get vaccinated, he kind of whispered it in a menacing way. The way he characterized unvaccinated people, um, the way he ignores all of the other data out there that shows that there's validity in getting vaccinated. There's also validity in not getting vaccinated. It's literally one of the easiest things for you to do is to get land right in the middle where you don't know what you should do because the the if you ha- if you if you're aware of all of the information that's out there, you know that you know it could go either way. You really need just need to pray and make the decision yep. because you could catch COVID-19, um you could have long haul COVID, you could catch it and it's you know milder than a cold. You don't know what's going to happen. So our pastor actually told us from the pulpit, he said, I want to advocate for grace in this situation. Yeah. If you see someone wearing a mask, lovingly respect their decision. If you see someone who's not wearing a mask, lovingly respect their decision. And then he he said, if someone that you know is vaccinated, that's their personal decision. And if you meet people who are unvaccinated, he said, as Christians, it is our duty to have understanding for people's concern. So the same level of concern that a person has that they need to get vaccinated, that same level of concern can exist for those who feel they should not get vaccinated, but we're all one in Christ. And I was just sitting there. I just wanted to stand up and just, you know, hoop and holler like I was at a football game because that's where we're supposed to be. We're there on every other vaccine. Nobody ever says no flu shot, you're fired. But flu actually kills a ton of kids every year, tens of thousands of kids every year because of the complications from the flu or just the fact that they're so tiny and they don't have enough immune response to deal with the flu. We've never done this for that. Yeah. And just just to echo that point, I think one of the things from President Biden's speech that just I thought was heart-wrenching was the further, further polarization that he is causing by the way he's treating those who are unvaccinated. You use the word grace, and I think that's so true, especially among Christians. 
we should have complete grace. I even know, uh, for me personally, one of I'm, I'm getting married in a week and a half. Very excited. Um, I know that there are people who are coming to my wedding who think everybody should be vaccinated, and I respect that. I'm having a wedding outside with tables apart and separating people by who's vaccinated and who's not, and I want to respect that because I know they care deeply about it. And I, I'm not here to tell them I disagree. I'm not here to say who's right or wrong. I want people to be able to make those decisions for themselves and figure out what is best for them and their family. And I fully, fully support it. Um, but it's been so hard for those who are unvaccinated. And I, I'm not sure the responses you've gotten, Stacey, as you've talked about it, but I noticed, especially when I did a, a Fox News interview one evening on their primetime show and talked about this very issue, and I received the most messages, DMs on, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, the most people reaching out to me asking for help. And they said, I have a disease too. I'm going to get fired if I don't get this vaccine. And just message after message after message of people with underlying health conditions who reached out to me. Like messages, the amount of messages, I haven't even been able to get to them all. And I've never in any interview that I've ever done had that type of reaction, either negative or positive. You know, not everybody likes what I have to say. And you get a lot of negative reactions. But it was just person after person saying, is there anything that you can do to help me? And it was heartbreaking because I want to help them. But the reality is, as I do think we're at a point in time in our country where our government is going to try to force people to do something they personally don't want to do. And if they don't follow suit, that means they're going to lose their job. That means maybe they aren't going to be able to fly before too long. That may mean they can't function in normal society, depending on what state they live in, whether or not they're going to be able to go to any stores. And so people have legitimate concerns out there. And I don't know about you, I didn't expect to see ourselves in this state where it would be to treat people who are unvaccinated like they're killers, and then to tell them they can't participate in normal society. Um, so it's it's just been really sad to me as I've seen it. And I wish as a society, and that we would hear this from our leaders, that we need to show grace to people that we're actually seeing the opposite. We are, but it, it it goes that way until uh, some things start to happen. Like I um, covered a story last night uh, about the there's a hospital. I want to say it's in Missouri, um, but it's a it's a it's a hospital system. Actually, it's not. It's in New York. It's in upstate New York, and they're going to close their maternity ward on September 24th mm -hmm. because they have so many nurses and staff who are refusing to honor the vaccine mandate. So they're going to quit. And without the right number of staff, they can't man the ward. They can't keep it open. So they're looking for people to replace them. But they also have seven more employees. So six have already quit. Seven more are undecided. And they have until the 24th to make their decision. And so they're literally going to have to close an entire wing of their hospital, the maternity ward, the one wing you would think would never, ever be in danger of being shut down um, because of the vaccine mandate. And so as people begin to kind of make the choice and stand up for freedom, I think we're going to see pullbacks on these mandates. They're already pulling back on mandates in some of the European countries because Israel is the standard bearer for vaccination, right, Beverly? You have Israel, the highest vaccination rate of all of the nations on this planet, and they're currently experiencing a COVID surge. So if we need proof that 100% vaccination as a goal is a, it's a fairy tale, it's, it's a unicorn, uh, it will not stop the spread of COVID-19 because it's a coronavirus. 
we need to get back to regular living, uh, then Israel is our example. And I think other European nations are going to experience the same kind of thing. It's just the the facts on the ground about coronaviruses. We know this about them because they've been around forever. Um, and they, they will continue to be around because they're the virus that we have been unable to beat. Uh, I just look at the way that you've had this discussion today, the, the things that you've shared and you're writing on this. And I see a lot of hope in it because the truth is out there. Um, the mainstream people may not be promoting it. And there is this horrible language surrounding unvaccinated people. Um, but there's also, you know, time is, is our enemy and it's our friend. <laughs> you know, yeah. not being able to eradicate it will eventually prove to be the, the great leveler, I think. And I do think on that point, and yes, I think there's a lot of encouragement to see that people are standing up for what they believe and saying, if I lose my job, I lose my job, and I'm going to do that. And I think we're going to see a lot of people doing that. And I think it's similar to even what we saw several months ago, where the CDC really wanted to push masking in every single situation. And people just started saying no. Now, certain states really loosened their masking um, restrictions sooner than other people, but people are just like, no, I'm going to not socially distance. I'm still going to be careful, let's say, but I'm still going to go out. I'm going to still do what I want. And what you found was the CDC then changed their guidelines on masking. All of a sudden they changed it. And I find that the CDC is matching what they find people will not put up with. If you don't put up with it, if you say no, if you say I have my rights and you can't, you can't force me to do that, then you find that the government, um, by extension the CDC and others, start changing their tune. So I think that's the perfect thing that needs to happen is we we do need to stand up. Um, sadly, some people are going to lose their jobs over this. And I know if you're that person, that doesn't make it any better for you in the short term. There, There is nothing that makes that better for you to lose that income and lose that that job that you have. But I hope that others are are getting encouragement by seeing other people, friends, um, even people talking about it in a public way uh, to be encouraged that others are in this, their same shoes and are are standing up as well. So I'm hoping there are going to be enough people who do push against these mandates because I do fear that if this is mandated, first of all, I think it's unconstitutional, it shouldn't be mandated, what else could be mandated down the road? You know, I will close out because I agree with you 100%, Beverly. I'll close out my little my little side of this by saying I'm watching the same people who told me for the past 10 years or so that healthcare is a right, that the government has to fund it because it's a right. Those same people are saying now that if you're unvaccinated, you should not have access to healthcare. If those people were able to get their way and make healthcare a quote unquote right that is government funded, they would be the first ones to say that the government funded healthcare is only available to people yeah. who are vaccinated, reversing on their stance that they claim is the reason why we should all join in and want Medicare for all. Just another proof that Medicare for all is a, a Trojan horse and a unicorn all at the same time, which means it shouldn't exist. We should we should fight it with everything we have within us because it is a uh, an anomaly that that we literally cannot quantify. I just don't. I, I don't know if these people can hear themselves or maybe their memories are so short they can't remember that they said healthcare was a right, but we have to do as you said. And, and as we see, the result is when we resist in large enough numbers, they relent because they don't have the support. They just have the mouthpieces. They just have mainstream media to parrot what they want, but they don't have the actual physical support because most people, even Democrats, even hardcore Democrats, at the end of the day, they want to go to work. 
They want to send their kids to school. And there are even some of them who are questioning this. There are many of the unvaccinated people are Democrats as well. It's not just Republicans or Trump supporters. This really isn't a political side, one or the other, when it comes to people not wanting to take the jab at this point. Yeah, I I often say that the people, the large section of people who make up the unvaccinated are pregnant women, um, minorities, and people with underlying health conditions. And these are Mm -hmm. the people who are saying, you have to lose your job if you don't get vaccinated. So true. Well, I have to say, I knew this was going to be amazing. And it was. Um, I love it so much. You guys, you have to find Beverly everywhere. I'm putting links to all of her social media in the show notes for today's podcast. Beverly Hallberg, president of District Media Group, contributor to the Washington Examiner and The Hill, senior fellow at IWF, host of the She Thinks podcast, also over at IWF. So great to chat with you today here on the podcast. And I hope to talk to you again very soon. Well, thank you so much for letting me share my story. I appreciate it. I loved it so much. So let me tell you one more quick thing, podcast listeners, that is important, and that is where you get your health insurance, your health care. How do you access your health care? And if you're dissatisfied with the options offered by the ACA under the Affordable Care Act, maybe your doctor isn't in the network there, maybe you're just struggling with the cost of it, you can consider the Alliance for Shared Health and Health Sharing. You join in a ministry with over 40,000 households participating and share in the financial burden of healthcare expenses, including need sharing for critical illness, accidents, dental, and vision. You have a virtual healthcare provider at zero cost, prescription card that covers your pharmacy needs, and 80% discounts on lab and imaging tests. And guess what? Enrollment is now. It's enrollment as always. You can always sign up. So reach out to Ash today. Head over to stacyontheright.com and click the banner ad to sign up now or go to familyvisionmedia.org. There's a banner ad there too. You can start sharing and saving today. The Alliance for Shared Health, changing healthcare and changing lives. And that's the podcast for today. Beverly was amazing. I'm so excited about having her here. Um, I just want to encourage you to follow her all over on social media. Also follow me, Stacey on the Right, and visit my website, StaceyOnTheRight.com, where you can find all the podcasts, all the information you need. God bless. See you next time.